Hi, everyone, and welcome to Food Family Tradition. I'm your host, Lauren Taylor, and this is the podcast where we explore our culinary traditions. Today, I'm going to be talking about something a little bit different. We will still be talking about family and tradition and a little bit about food, but not with a recipe. Instead, today I'd like to focus on my dad's side of the family. My mom's side from Syria and Lebanon have been incredibly influential in my life for cooking and the foods that I've grown to love um, since I was a child. But my father's side, I don't really speak of as much, uh, mainly because my grandmother didn't do as much of the cooking as um, on my father's side as my grandmother on my mother's side had done, and my grandfather as well. And so I wanted to talk today a little bit about my grandmother, Grandma Elaine. Um, My grandmother's family has been in the United States since the Revolutionary War, and they were originally uh, living in New York when they got here and migrated west. They went over to uh, Nebraska, and I have a family member who was a judge in Lincoln, Nebraska, and they went over in those covered wagons from Nebraska to California in the uh, late 1800s, actually I should say mid to late 1800s, and settled in San Francisco where uh, they became uh, a family that was involved in their community. And my great-grandfather was actually a candy distributor, which was a lot of fun to learn about. He um, had two girls, one of which was my grandmother. And they are of German descent and Prussian descent. And that side of the family uh, really was very cohesive. They stuck together. And they were incredibly proper. My grandmother was very proud of her heritage and she was had everything, always had everything in order. She was very well organized and kept herself very well put together. In fact, one of the traditions that she had for my brother, my sister, and I so that we would learn how to behave outside of the house was to take us in our finest clothing with white gloves and all to high tea at some of the most prominent and fancy hotels in San Francisco. So we're talking like the Ritz-Carlton, the Mark Hopkins, and at these hotels we would sit and have high tea together and we'd be, you know, have this amazing view of the bay and the city down below. Um, If you're familiar with the Mark Hopkins Hotel, it sits on a hill right on top of California Street and you can see the entire Bay Area. Uh, from the uh, the viewpoint when you're sitting on on their top floor, um, but we would have tea at some of these places, high tea, and we would have our scones with the jams and the butter and the flavored uh, butters as well, and we would have the tea sandwiches with the cream cheese and the cucumbers, and we would also have egg salad and our tea, of course. And something that my grandmother taught us as children, and for those tea drinkers who are probably more um, versed at this than I was as a child, but my grandmother used to say, now you don't mix uh, the milk with your sugar. You choose one or the other. 
And I think it might have been because we were taking about three or four cubes of sugar and putting it in our teas because we thought that was fun um, and it tasted better as children. Um, but it was something that she suggested that we did not do because it wasn't polite and proper, as I mentioned. Um, but we did it anyway. And it's really where we learned to sit as a group of women and even with my brother there, um, and even sometimes the men would join. Um, but it's really where we would sit and learn how to converse with one another, how we would learn how to have our manners and eat nicely and be around a table. And at this point in the late 1980s and to the 90s, you know, there were no cell phones. And so we actually had to interact with one another at the table, which was a great skill to have. My grandmother made sure that we were all well-versed in this and how to behave when going out. And for her, it was a traditional thing to do as well, not just to take us out to high tea, but as we got older on our birthdays, she would take us to fancy hotels and restaurants within San Francisco to um, show us how to sit down at a proper meal and eat. Now, I had mentioned my, my grandmother was very well put together. She was very fancy, as I like to say, and she was fortunate enough to grow up in a time in San Francisco where, um, you know, they where she lived, they had a horse and carriage for the police officers, and it was mostly sand dunes, and it was just a le different level of living um, back then when she was born uh, in 1922. Um, she actually crossed the Golden Gate Bridge after it was first built in her finest outfit as well with white gloves, um, you know, which mimics, I guess, what we did as children as well. She put us in our white gloves and our finest clothes to go out to tea and felt that it was very important for us. And this was her tradition, something that she could pass on to us. And my sister and I got the, um, got the back end of this, I guess, a little bit more than my brother because we were girls and she didn't have girls. She had three boys. And so it must have been wonderful for her to spend time with us, to watch us grow up. And I was fortunate enough to have 33 years with her until she passed away. And it really left a mark on myself and my sister in the ways that we raise our kids to be polite and to always say please and thank you. And not just that, but as I got older, I grew to really appreciate um, what my grandmother brought to the table in terms of the value of having these manners and conversing with us and really taking an interest in what we were interested in. And so much so that it made an impression that when I was in my late 20s, I actually had a tea party for my birthday and I invited all my friends and I put on my hat and a nice dress and heels and did my makeup and it became a whole to do for me. And it was just something that was so special because it really reminded me of the time when I was a child and was able to sit and have these wonderful tea sandwiches with my grandmother and just have a really great time. Um, something that my grandmother also did, which was a tradition, is that I said, I mentioned she didn't cook very often uh, for us, but when she did, um, it would be usually for when we would sleep over at her house and she would make us like some t type of like teriyaki 
kind of chicken or beef kind of thing. And I remember that specifically for some reason. I'm not sure why, but <laughs> um, she would make that. Um, we would play card games after dinner before bed and like uh, a game called Pokino. And she had like a, like a small roulette table with chips and we would play with that as well as Rummy Cube. And the next morning after we all uh, woke up in her bed somehow, um, after all leaving our beds and going into her room, she would wake up early in the morning and bring us breakfast in bed. So she would make French toast sometimes. Sometimes she would make just scrambled eggs and toast. And she would bring each one of us, my brother, my sister, and I, trays of these uh, scrambled eggs with orange juice and toast because she just really loved taking care of us and being with us. And it was really the most special moments that we were able to have with her that I sincerely appreciate to this day and um, just look at with such fond memories. And that was, those were the traditions that she really had and that that she valued and, um, you know, traditions that we wanted to pass on to our children as well. So it doesn't revolve, it revolves somewhat around food, but not necessarily with a recipe. And I think that it's still important to take these traditions and, you know, you can change them or you can make them your own, but it's the memory that you have with certain events in life um, that really resonate and something that you'll never forget. And that's why it's really so wonderful to be able to gather together, whether it's with friends or with family or coworkers, people that you've brought into your life who become family, um, and to share these moments with them, whether you've been doing this for years and you're bringing it back, um, bringing it from generation to generation or to your friends to experience, or if you're creating new ones and any type of tradition that you want to create will for sure leave a lasting impression on those you love so much. And so for that, my, um, my podcast today is for my grandmother, Grandma Elaine, <laughs> who really led the way as a woman who wanted to make sure that her grandkids could sit at a table, um, even as children, and have good manners. <laughs> So I hope that you've enjoyed listening to this podcast, something a little different, not necessarily just about um, the recipes that go along with the food, but also a different side of it, the food that you can have even at a restaurant, at high tea, breakfast in bed, these kinds of things that are just so wonderful um, that you can share with those you love. So I hope you can join me for the next podcast where we'll go back to our regularly scheduled programming where we'll do a story we'll have food another recipe and special guests as well so thanks so much for joining me i hope you'll join me again for future episodes and any information for the foods that you see you can find them or excuse me the foods that you hear about <laughs> you can find it on my website at foodfamilytradition.com and you can also check out my instagram page at foodfamilytradition and i I hope that you'll join me for the next podcast. Thanks so much.